The revolution will not be televised. The revolution will be streamed live. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new, uh, you know, uh, new surroundings, but a lot <laughs> to talk about. Critical thing the podcast, Ty Barnett, Ian Harris. Ian Harris, what's going on? So Ty, you can see Ty has got a new place. Uh, yeah, finally, baby. He moved into a green box. A lot of people don't know that. Um, what's up, everybody? Already there? Cool. People already popping in. Sorry for the delay. Uh, Facebook and Zoom are giving us all kind of shit today. Mix that with old age, and it's like a <laughs> yeah. mushroom cloud of of uh, stupidity happening. Hey, man, I'm only taking the blame for the old age on the back. My mind, <laughs> I think it's still there. I think it's still there. It, it might be. So, um, but check we, it out, guys. We have um, two guests today. Two guests, and it's, it's rare sometimes that we have, it's very rare we have two guests at the same time. But, um, so this show is special for a couple reasons. One, we have a returning guest, Mr. David Smalley, who will introduce himself in a second. And also, uh, as you guys know, fans of the show, uh, we've been trying to get real life Trump supporters on the show for a long time. Uh, and we always tell people, we, we don't want Trump supporters on the show to bash them. That is not what the show is about. That is not what we're about. But we do want to uh, we want to get an idea of the ideology because a lot of times people just write stuff online and they leave and no one gets to have a real conversation about anything. So I would like to welcome our uh, Trump supporter uh, Jesse Weirich. Am I saying that right? Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to have uh, David introduce himself, and then I want I want you to introduce yourself to the people. So go ahead, David. Yeah. So my name is David C. Smalley. I'm an actor. I'm a comedian out here in L.A. I uh, just did a spot on a Nickelodeon sitcom. The career's kind of taken off. I'm having a blast doing it. But I spend most of my days hosting uh, the podcast, uh, Dave, the David C. Smalley podcast, where I do stuff like this. I mean, I, I bring on people I disagree with. We have deep dive discussions, and it's always respectful and lighthearted. So I'll probably be trying to steal Jesse at the end of this to come on my show, too, because this is, this is what I do, and, and I love doing it. So thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, and by the way, David used to, for those of you you know his name, he used to, his, his podcast used to be Dogma Debate, right. and uh, he used to debate a lot of uh, fundamentalist Christians and people like that. Go back and find those old episodes, too, because some, some really, some really great, some great stuff on there, some great debates, some great uh, um, conversations. And, Perfect uh, plug. Thanks. Perfect plug, because I just moved over to a new network, and now my... Um, all the archives are on Patreon only. So that's where you're going to have to find them. To there Patreon. you go. Find um, them on Patreon. David C. Smalley. Yeah. Nice. And uh, so, Jesse, tell us a little bit about yourself. What you do? Where are you from? Uh, I, I feel kind of like a small fish uh, swimming with some big sharks right now. You guys are. But you're not a red fish or a blue fish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, got, you guys are uh, fully into this. Got all the equipment and stuff. Uh, I'm, uh, I've been doing stand-up for 12 years. I've never left the Northwest. Uh, that's a big check for me to check off here in the next years. I need to start traveling around, get out a little more. I have a website, jessewyrick.com, W-E-Y-R-I-C-K. Uh, and I, I basically got on here from talking smack on Facebook. So the wonders <laughs> of social media have placed me in your lap here. And then he's not joking. That is how he <laughs> comes to talking smack. That's that funny. <laughs> That's you how I find most of my guests too. They're like, <laughs> they're like, you libtard jerk face. I'm like, what time would you record? <laughs> yeah, would you, come on, on. Let's, let's let's record a show. But you know, <laughs> let's say and look, Jesse. I don't know. I honestly, we're not Facebook friends, so a lot of the people that tie that we talk to 
our mutual friend. So I haven't seen any of your stuff. I'm completely ignorant to what, what, to anything you have. You seem like a super nice guy, by the way. And I only say that because hey, a lot of people I know that are, are not so nice. They pretend to be nice. It's like, it's like, like David knows, like Christians, uh, like these super hardcore Christians. They're, they're always like pious and all this, but, but behind the scenes, they're, they're half the time. They're not very nice people. Um, seem like a nice dude. I, um, but I haven't seen any of your posts. I will say that we have, what Ty is saying, we have tried and tried and tried. People come on, like Dave said, oh, fuck you, Liptard, blah, 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 all this kind of stuff. People argue stuff, and I'll give them facts. I'll cite sources. I'll post all this sort of stuff. They'll just keep doubling down on, you're an idiot, fuck you. We'll come on and talk about it on the show. And then suddenly, they're either unfriended, blocked, or they ghost you and you never see from, hear from them again. Or they'll say, yeah, I'll do the show. And then right before, we had one guy go, oh, Oh, you guys gonna make me uh, come on and talk? What? Yeah, that's <laughs> like they just ghost you, and and then they'll say stuff like, "Well, um, yeah, I mean, I didn't know you guys actually wanted me to bring on facts." And one guy said, "What are we gonna talk about?" Because I have to come unprepared. So we gave him a list of things we're gonna talk about, and then he pretended he didn't get the list, and then said, "Oh, you guys are just trying to ambush me." Happened like how many times, Ty? Like four or five yeah, times? More, more, more than I can count, bro. More than I can count. And, and yeah. And one guy, we told him, like, we don't really usually do lists of things. We usually kind of freeform it. He goes, oh, I can't do that. Okay. So we yeah. appreciate you being on here. Um, I think it's important to kind of back up what you're, what you're saying on Facebook. And the dichotomy is very interesting, like you're saying. People act, mean, act nice to your face but mean behind your back. And I think I might be the reverse, you know. If you looked at what I posted on Facebook, you might think I'm an asshole, but but I'm really not like I'm, I want to be respectful and nice to people. Uh, it's just Facebook brings that side of people out. You know, that's yeah. a lot. That's how honestly, that's how Ian is. I know that Ian is a, I know that Ian is a nice guy. Like I, I, I love that dude to death. We're friends. I see some of the shit he posts on Facebook. I'm like, Oh my God, dude, like, you're so mean to some of these people. Uh, let, yeah. Let me, let, me tell you, let me tell you real quick before we jump into everything uh there was an episode where we had it was a panel it was a panel of us and i started you know sometimes in and i go good cop bad cop <laughs> and and I, I was trying to start the podcast with being good cop like hey you guys everything's gonna be respectful we're cool and all of that and so one of the guests who was you know he was the closest to a trump supporter we could get i mean at the time and he was like he's like let me ask you a question ty and Ian had already answered the question. So I was just gonna continue to talk. And he says, well, I asked Ty the question. And before I could say anything, Ian's like, hey, you don't come on my fucking show. <laughs> I'm like, oh, wait, wait, I promised, I promised him it would be so hold on. Well, you know, you know what's funny, you know what's funny, Dave, though, but the reason, the reason I go, I actually, I think there's a difference though. There are people who, who go, I feel anonymity, and there's some sort of anonymity, obviously, if you're on, on social media. I, we've, we've talked about this. I've talked about what Todd talked about on the show. There's this weird level of where you, people will be on online just talking all mad trash. Then every, every degree you get closer to directly meeting them, it softens. So if it's a wide array of people and it's a post and everyone's on there, it's on Reddit, it's on Facebook, it's on Twitter, it's like, fuck you and I'll kick your ass and blah, blah, blah. And then you private message them and they're like, well, I just don't like the way you're talking, but you know, hey man, we cool, blah, blah, blah. Then you call them and they're like, Hey, bro, it's cool. You know, uh, I was just thinking, you know, yeah. and then you see him face to face. They're like, I actually agree with you. You're like, yeah. what? Like, well, he, 
So it's, it's not, and it's not that they're afraid. It's not that they're scared or intimidated. I had a, I had a, just taking all this stuff out of it. There, there's a, there's a, an atheist that was on a Facebook page that was a fan of my show and started hard just for some reason, there was one thing we disagreed about and you know how it is in that community. He just turned on me. He started trying to report me, started trying to copyright flag, like everything he could to try to get my show taken down. And he just trolled me constantly to the point he had to be banned from the Facebook page, banned from everything blocked from Twitter because he was he was reporting me. He was saying I was in a secret white supremacist group. Is like this he Dan? Was everything to get me completely canceled and nothing was working. And we happened to find ourselves at a concert, a Shelly Siegel concert, actually together. Right. And I didn't know who he was. And here's how I met him. He turns to me in the audience while she's singing and he goes, oh, my God, you're a real person. Oh, <laughs> like and I know that's funny, right? That's crazy, but they just don't see the humanity in you. So I don't think that they're afraid. They're just like, the closer they get to seeing you're a real person with children and a mortgage and a car payment and your own struggles, they just, I guess they start to, I guess, identify more with you and you're not so much on the outside group anymore, the closer they get to your humanity. And me and that dude talked for like four hours in the parking lot after the show. Yeah. I reminded who he was, but it was shocking how, how quick it changed to, Oh wait, you're a person. We, we so often dehumanize oh, yeah. people that we see as celebrities and we just throw garbage at them because we don't think they're real. And then one day they're standing in front of you going, that hurt, dude. You, you really hurt my feelings. You're trying to take food out of my, out of my daughter's mouth. Like, this is not cool. And something, something switches for these people. Well, a lot of people over the years, the last four years specifically, have decided to go that route of dehumanizing each other. You know what I'm saying? Like the anger, like they go right in. I remember initially people would just go in with the name calling. And I'm like, God damn, you, we don't even know each other. But let's, <laughs> let's get to know each other before we do any name calling. Um, and so then after a while, you start to realize, OK, you're more comfortable doing it this way, which is why you don't want to have a face to face. And this is part of the reason, like I said, right. why I invited Jesse on. And I appreciate him coming on the show because I would. So let's get into this, okay? And thank you to everyone that's already tuning in. So here's my thing, and I'm just gonna ask you flat out, Jesse, with everything, because we asked Jesse before we went live and everything, if he's still a Trump supporter. I wanted to make sure I got that clear. And he said he's three-fourths a Trump supporter. So my question to you is this, with the over 30,000 lies, the, the botched COVID, uh, response, the insurrection, the, the, I mean, and, and by the way, to this day, he still hasn't even apologized for the loss of life at the insurrection. With all of that, how do you still say you are a supporter of this dude? I, I would just describe myself as a traditional conservative who had to attach myself to Trump out of necessity, you know, to vote for the, the side that I want to win, basically. And there were things that he did that I really didn't like. Like you said, COVID response, crisis control. He gets an F minus on crisis control. It doesn't really matter what the crisis was. He can't control it. That's like an NBA player not being able to shoot a three-pointer. You, you need that out of a president. That's one of the most critical categories for a president is being able to calm the country down. And Trump had no interest in doing that. And I, I really did. I never liked that about Trump. But I also think it's kind of half-assed 
to try to say, oh, I only voted for Trump because I'm a, a conservative. I have to own it to a certain point, you know, like I did vote for the man and I supported a lot of the things that he did fiscally, uh, foreign policy, all that type of stuff. The The insurrection for me was a, a huge uh, knife in the back to people like me that would consider ourselves just traditional conservatives who have attached ourselves to Trump. Before the insurrection, I viewed it as a very defined border between conservative Republicans and quote unquote Trump supporters who go to the rallies and believe the QAnon and want to storm the Capitol. I thought that that line was very, very definite. And after the insurrection, I don't know what that percentage is anymore. I, I would have, I wouldn't have bet my bottom dollar that there were that many people that believed the stop the steal crap in the entire country. Just the amount of people that were at the Capitol. I wouldn't have believed you if you told me that that many people believed the stop the steal and the election was stolen and it was a landslide. I wouldn't have bought it. But then you see it on TV and it's like, well, what is the mix here? Like, I don't, I don't know what percentage is left of conservatives who can claim some separation from Trump and the conservatives who are totally on the Trump bandwagon storming the Capitol. I don't, I, I feel, I felt betrayed by his actions because he, he hung us out to dry. There's, there's no defending it anymore from my position. So, so then let me, let me ask you, because you said you're now still a three fourths. There's still more than half. So you still have some support for the guy. I want to ask you this. I want to let me pivot this over to, to David real quick, because what Jesse just said was he still considers himself, considers himself a traditional conservative. Um, do you think that there is any such thing as a traditional conservative that can thrive in today's politics? Because we I, you cannot call yourself like I'm, I'm, I'm against I'm, I'm for the, the country. I'm for the flag. I'm also cool with insurrection. So David, do you think that there is a place for traditional conservatives in today's society or, or is that just a label? Yeah, I think they're, they are the only hope to save the Republican party. Um, and I, I don't know that it even still exists. I think it's, it's fractured so much that a traditional conservative is someone like Mitt Romney. Uh, someone like John Kasich, someone that I could have on my show and disagree about minimum wage or disagree about, you know, pipeline, the keystone, how many jobs or whatever, without getting into whether or not reality is a thing, right? right. Without, you know, denying climate change or, you know, saying you're going to inject bleach into your veins to cure COVID. I mean, Trump just, the Trump train went and became the crazy train. Like it just went absolutely insane. And I feel for people like Jesse, because, you know, there are probably most people are either single issue voters or few issue voters, meaning they just go, you know, I'm pro-life. Uh, I think Trump did great for the economy. And that's what I'm hitching my wagon to. And then he comes out, you know, in a clown nose and a bozo hat thing, you, know, <laughs> you know, doing racist poetry. And you're like, I really want to save those babies. You know, I really want to save babies. And so they get, they get torn into sticking with their traditional values. And one of the hardest things you can do, and I know this personally 
from coming out of Christianity and then fighting my own community of atheists uh, when I feel like they were going too far to the woke area, um, challenging your own bias and standing up within your group and saying, I disagree with you guys is one of the hardest things you can do. Right. So I feel for people like Jesse who want to hold on to their conservative values, but Trump is now the face of that. It's, and that's why the Republican Party's in turmoil. And, and, and I, would, I would say that, that to me, and this is not a slam against Jesse, but for me, if I were conservative, which I'm not, I, I'm, I'm pro-choice, I'm very pro-worker, I'm pro-union, um, pro-working class, all the tr traditional democratic things, um, you know, basically, uh, you know, when it comes to freedoms, freedom of religion, all the sort of things, separation, separation of church and state, all those liberal bastions, that's what I believe in. I would, I never consider myself conservative. However, like you say, I feel for people. Like I, I look at guys like Steve Schmidt, who I never agreed with. Um, who's the, um, uh, the guy that the, used to be the chair of the RNC, black guy, um, you know what I'm talking about? Um, Michael Steele, Michael Steele, these guys, I never agree with these guys. I feel bad for them now because they are pro-life. They are pro-corporation. They are all these things that are, that are traditional conservative values. And I think they're doing the right thing because Trump isn't those things. You know, Trump isn't pro-life. He pretends to be, you know, Trump is, Trump is the most, probably more atheist of a president than Obama was, which is sad for an atheist like me who's been dying for an atheist president. Properly. He does. He's never. He's never. He opened a Bible. Come on, and he opened it up and didn't know what, what the, that it was the Quran. I mean, come on. So he he. So I, my thing is like, I feel like the best way if you're a republic or if you're a Republican or conservative, the best thing right now is to completely denounce that guy and walk away from everything because all the things that that, that the QAnon people are holding on to are the antithesis of of uh, what conservatives are supposed to be about. They're the antithesis. Right. But Ian, but, and, and this, this also answers your question, Ty, it's not even look one thing that we've realized. And I think most people should be waking up to this slowly, regardless of what side of the aisle you're on or policy disagreements we may have with one another. What's been super clear over the last at least two years for sure is that politicians do not give a damn about Nothing. any of us. They just don't. Biden just had the opportunity to cancel $50,000 worth of, of student debt for everyone and didn't do it. Some of his executive orders are harmful to the opiate crisis and harmful to long-term education and helping the pharmaceutical companies. He doesn't give a damn about us like most liberals want to believe. And Trump is the same way. Look at what happened with Lindsey Graham and Mitch McConnell saying that they blocked Obama for 10 months on Merrick Garland as a Supreme Court justice and made all this nonsense about, hey, it's, 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 a, it's his last year. He shouldn't have the right to do that. And then right as an election is taking place, they all literally went, the week of despite yeah. right just like three million votes had already been cast when 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 uh, ginsburg died and they still just started uh push through to force force through amy coney barrett and, and, and by the way really quick despite all those videos where they said use this against me lindsey graham right. use this against me they did they still got their supreme court justice and Lindsey Graham got reelected and Mitch McConnell got reelected. Yes. They don't care. They can be completely contradictory and we can show it to their face, play it for their millions of voters and the voters still go, give me more of that.
And so that's what I don't understand. Their primary goal is to get reelected. And Trump has a strong enough base with 74 million voters that it's so hard for folks like Jesse to say, I disagree with him. So let me openly say I'm no longer on the Trump train because that's every Republican saying F you to 74 million people. Although although I will say this, I will say that he's playing along now. I've said this before. Trump is Trump. He's a narcissist. He's all about himself. He's not running again in 2024. He's just not. He's going to say that for now. He's not going to run. He's going to he's going to be old. He's going to probably be in jail. He's not running. He might he might put up somebody else, a Candace Owen or or a Nikki Haley or someone like that. But the thing is that Trump doesn't gain from being in politics. He's not a senator. He's not a governor. He's not going to take a step back. He's not in politics. He's a civilian. He gains nothing from saying when he was president, he gains from being from saying, oh, I like Lindsey Graham. I like I like Ted Cruz. Before he was a politician, Ted Cruz's wife was an ugly whore and Lindsey Graham was a homo. So now that he's not a president anymore, they, they're still sucking up to him and he's he's feeding on it right now. But but eventually he's going to get bored. He's not going to hang around for four years, not making any money, not doing it, sitting there stuck in uh, Lindsey Graham's dick. He's not going to do that for four years when he gets. That would be the other way around, actually. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But but by the way, by the way, Trump is still, if you guys don't know, he was supposed to be inaugurated again yesterday as the 19th president of Jesus dumb fuckistan. that was supposed to be yesterday, and um, or the I think he was the 19th president of the Confederacy because we did the Confederacy didn't really lose. I don't know but the the Q thought, and now they they pushed it to the 20th of March. And as David, you know, because you and I have dealt with apocalyptic claims for many years, the 20th will come, and it'll be the next one and the next one. There's been 380 apocalyptic. Uh, uh, apocalyptic claims in the last 50 years 380 Dude, and every time they push the goalpost they push the goalpost I keep, this is how i feel about every de la soul album like it's coming out soon don't worry <laughs> another album's coming don't you worry about it um and, but and this is so let me let me come back and circle back for two seconds so so with that being said the politicians not caring and you're absolutely right but by the way here's the difference between republicans and democrats Trump supporters and everybody else. I can tell you that I am disappointed that Biden has not canceled the debt like he said he would. I'm I'm disappointed that Democrats aren't using the stronghold that they have to just push through the $15 minimum wage, which we'll get to in a second. I can, you see how I'm saying this to you? I am telling you as a person who supports Democrats that I'm disappointed in Democrats. Whereas Trump supporters, can be getting fucked and still be like, yeah, I actually did need a good fucking go. And, and, <laughs> and, and that is where I think the issue is for me, where I'm like, you can't even call out what is wrong with this person or this party. And I think a lot of times, that's why a lot of people have issues in, with Trump supporters, because it's, I kid you not, I've never seen a group of people act like someone is perfect. And that includes Obama. I can find a laundry list of black folks that will tell you that they hate Obama. Trump supporters, they literally don't give a fuck what he does. So I'm actually surprised, Jesse, that you came on and you said that it was a stab in the back about the, the insurrection thing. But thank you for saying it, but I'm actually surprised. 
I, am, I was going to ask Jesse. I was going to ask Jesse that stuff that he said. Jesse, have you ever said that on Facebook? And if you have voiced your concerns about Trump or or called Trump out for with that stuff, have you been attacked by by Trumpers yourself? Like, is there infighting within your own community? And have you have you called any of that out? Any of Trump's behaviors out? I I don't see it very much. I don't. I, I'm usually defending myself against liberals who are calling me a racist for being against minimum wage increases or whatever. I, I on my posts or even when I jump on ties, I don't ever say anything. And then a Trump supporter comes after me for not supporting Trump hard enough. It, it, it ever, literally I, hasn't I remember, happened. Once. The, the stuff that you just said about Trump that he you know it's a basic necessity for. Uh, uh, a president to be crisis management uh, conscious and all these things. And he failed miserably at that. Have you ever made a Facebook post saying Trump failed at coronavirus and Trump failed for the insurrection and that Trump should apologize for the deaths? Have you ever come out on Facebook and said those things? Uh, in, in comments, I've never made a specific post declaring that I, I have said that in comments. That have you been attacked? I'm not for this or that. And have you been attacked as a result of that by anybody? No, no. Uh-uh. Yeah. So, so I, I do. I do want to talk about. Let's 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 talk about. So we brought it up. The um. So really quick, and then I want to talk about the minimum wage. What are the when you say you're traditional conservative? What would you say top top three, top four issues that you that when you go to the polls that that you say this makes me a conservative? Um, what would you say are are the top three or four things? Whether it's Trump, Trump agrees with or disagrees with, but that you say this makes me a conservative. What would you say those are? Uh, get the government out of my life. Stop, stop having the government order me around and take my money out of my paycheck. How much money out of my paycheck am I going to be able to keep? Is probably number one priority. Number two is limiting government and government influence in my life. Number three would probably be pro-life policies and number four would be uh helping people in poverty helping poor people i think there's a fundamental disagreement between conservatives and liberals on how that gets done and conservative i, I pay attention to conservatives who at least talk about it in a conservative way so uh okay so really quick so I find the debate, the, the two glaring contradictions I see really quickly is you want, I, I get you want to keep, keep more money. Of course, we can't pay for things like homelessness and childcare and these sort of things without tax money. But how, how, does, how does telling people what they can and cannot do with their bodies and in their bedroom, how does that, how does that jive with less government and less government telling you what you can and can't do. Wouldn't that be the opposite? Like to me, I feel like, like I, for a second there, I thought you were going to be like more like a libertarian, which I don't, I, I disagree with the tax thing. I think we have to be able to, we all have to chip in to, to cover our, our fucking bills, but that's why I disagree with the libertarians. But I do agree with social, with civil libertarians on stay out of, stay out of my bedroom, Stay out. Yeah. Of, let me do my thing, and that usually means like most libertarians are pro-choice for that reason because they don't want government telling them what they can and can't do. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I would. I would agree with that up until the point of terminating a pregnancy is now infringing on someone else's God-given rights to live their life. So, so you're you're infringing on a pregnancy's ability to have those rights for themselves. Okay, so would you agree? So we, but so, so 
So science has already set a time of viability. We've, we, we all agree on that. Worldwide, we're, we're viability. The only ones that don't are like the Catholic Church who believes it's conception. But we, do have a, we know what viability is. So my suggestion is if, if you really believe, I'm not saying we do this, but if, if a viability begins at conception, then we should be able to take that out and give it up, put it up for adoption. And the answer is, well, it can't live without the mother because it's not viable 24 weeks 23 weeks almost all abortion laws like 99.9 percent of abortion laws end start and end at viability the only ones that don't that go past viability are in extreme cases where both are going to die or the mother's going to die and somebody's going to die so they they, they take the, the one that's already alive that already has family and friends talking to it knowing they can survive on its own the adult and they save that life um, other than that, it's all pre-viability laws. So how, do you, how, does, how does something that isn't even technically a viable human life have more rights than the person who's hosting it? I think they have equal rights. And I, I would just disagree with the viability, uh, the viability aspect of that. If you took the baby out of the mother's womb, it would not survive, right. but that's clearly not the case. It's going to stay in the womb and get right. to a point of viability. I think that. So, so why, why can't, if, if she doesn't want it, why can't she take it out and give it up for adoption at conception? I think, I mean, I, I wouldn't be against that. Well, we, the answer is like you just said though, it would die because it's not viable. That is viability. Viability a, means it can't survive on its own. It means it has to literally like a parasite, live off the host. If the host doesn't want it and the host wants to get rid of it, um, why would we force somebody, why would the government come in and force somebody to carry something to a viable term um, when we don't, A, we don't know what that, what, what that entity wants. We don't know what that entity is going to be. We don't know anything about that entity, but wh why would we force the person to carry that entity to viability. Well, you, but you can say that that entity will be something and it will want yeah. something at a certain point in its life. Sure. And that's, that's what I'm saying. Viability is kind of a subjective term. You could take a six month old toddler and, and leave them out in the woods. They're going to die too. That, that, no, that's not what viability means. So viability means it's to uh, ability to sustain life, not, not, not to be able to get a job. Viability is to be able to sustain life on one's own, one, one's own self. That's what viability means. It means the, the, the actual not being on the life support system of, uh, uh, I mean, does somebody else want to chime in here? And Yeah, I, well, I, want, to get, I, want, uh, I want David to, to piggyback uh, a comment on that. And then I wanted to um, ask some, okay, so let me ask you this real quick. And then I want to get David's take on this. So let's say, uh, we, we, we come to this point where we say, you know what, abortion is outlawed. It's no longer happening. It's outlawed. What did, what did we did say the government stepped in and said, now we require everyone who was totally against abortion because we're pro-life, you have to sign up to get a baby. And you, you have to take care of this baby. You, Jesse, Jesse, because you make good money, uh, and you are against the killing babies, uh, we will honor your wishes because we will honor that you have the right to say what happens with another person's body. But as soon as that baby is born, you need to go down to the hospital and pick up the baby, and you are now a parent. Would you, would you be okay with that policy? I would be more okay with that than abortion. Really? But I think, I think you're also ignoring someone's 
personal responsibility in the process of getting pregnant. It's not a stork doesn't fly out of the sky and just pick somebody at random. So, okay, so, so are you saying then? So basically, go ahead, no, look, let David. Okay, no. Okay, David. go ahead, go ahead, David. So Jesse, personal responsibility is a really important part of this. First, let's just acknowledge we are four straight men talking about abortion. Put that asterisk there. Um, because uh, I know people are going to be concerned. How come women aren't a part of this? Here's why. Because we didn't plan on talking about abortion. It just comes up in natural conversation. But email Ian all your hate. We don't give a shit. <laughs> we, got, we, 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 I, we got women over here say, uh, agreeing, so we're good, okay. Good, good, good. I love that. That's great. I just wanted to point out that that voice is missing from this conversation. Um, but uh, when you talk about personal responsibility, Jesse, so if you and I are in a car accident and I cause the accident and you are losing blood and we are the same blood type. Would you support a law stating that I have to go to the hospital with you and give you my blood because you are losing blood as a result of my accident? No, no. Again, again, that's ignoring the personal responsibility of me getting in the car with you. I chose to get in that no, no, car. No, 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 I didn't say you were in the car with me. I slammed into you. You're just driving. You're following all the laws. I run a red light and smash into you. And let's say you have severe kidney damage and without a kidney transplant, you're going to die. I caused it. I caused the accident and I'm a match for you. Should I be, would you support a law stating that I have to go to the hospital with you and give you one of my kidneys since I had personal responsibility in the accident? No, I would rather believe in the good nature of humankind that you might come to that decision on your own and that the government is not going to fix those types of problems. That, okay, that a so law if I, is, is, if I, Okay, so if I made a personal decision that put your life at risk, the reason why I would not be allowed or I, I would not be required to go to the hospital and give up something out of my body would be what? what? Why do you think I have the right to hold on to my kidneys when I've put yours at risk? I, I don't think you're necessarily making a decision. A car accident, you didn't decide to run my car in your car into my car. And if you did, that's right. a particular assault and you would be going to prison because you committed yeah, a crime. It just happened, right? Like you didn't plan for it. You didn't try to prevent it. There, there are tons of people who try who 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 use contraception and it fails. I know Ian has well, a they, whole bit. Ian has a whole comedy bit about accidentally having a baby, and it's hilarious. But it does happen, right? I mean, there uh, condoms break. Sometimes birth control fails. Sometimes you're taking another medication that counteracts your birth control, and you don't realize it. Um, things happen. Sometimes you get raped, or your father oh, fucks you. Right. There are. There are yeah. That's a very small percentage of abortion. It doesn't matter. Wait, wait, wait. Now, when you, when you wait, say that. Here, here's the, Jesse, Jesse, the reason why you don't think I should be required to give you a kidney, it's very simple. It's two words. It's called bodily autonomy. I have the decision. I have the authority as a sentient being to make decisions about my own body. And you want the decision. You want the ability to make your own decisions about your body. When women find themselves pregnant, they may have had sex 40 times that month or not that month. Let's hope um, <laughs> 40 times that year, let's say. And then they find themselves pregnant. They didn't necessarily make a decision. They didn't necessarily plan for it, but they did make a series of decisions that led to that. Right. If I'm driving, I make a series of decisions to check my phone or whatever. Still, I didn't make a decision to hit you, but I did make a decision to look at my phone, which caused me to have the accident. 
Well, and, and we're allowed women, to make women should decisions, get that, man. Women, women should get that same level of bodily autonomy respect and say they don't have to give up their body if they don't want to. They can make decisions about their own body. Exactly. But, that is, that's at the, at the expense of, of the infant's body. We're talking about two bodies. Yeah, but we're doing it before it's a before it's an infant. Before the first four weeks, it's not even. It will be an infant. Biology tells me if you're pregnant, you're going to have a baby. My sperm. My sperm is possibly my sperm's living human cells that are potential humans. Do you know sperm has a? Wait, wait, two things. Sperm has a sense of smell. Yes, it's not a fertilized egg. That's not a human. So what? Hold on, hold on, hold on. So, but where so do you get what? So sperm is not a human. A fertilized egg. A fertilized egg is not a human. Is according a human according to science, a fertilized egg is not a human. Exactly. According to science. How is it not a human? How is that not human? Because it's a fertilized egg. Is is an egg a chicken? If it if it's fertilized and there's a chicken growing inside the egg, it'll be a chicken. It'll but it's not it'll a chicken. Be. It will be a chicken. Unless God decides to abort it. Right, which God God causes wait, more wait, abortions wait, wait. than anybody. Hold on, hold on, two seconds. Okay. So, so I just want to be clear where we are here. So you don't believe? So you believe that personal responsibility could take uh, be a factor in abortion and all of this because that person's decision on what they do with their body, whether they choose to have sex unprotected or whatever, whatever. Hey, if you chose to do that, that's on you. Okay. With that in mind, it's punishment for having casual sex, is what it right. is. Right. So, so with, with not, that, that's that's a that's a well, mischaracterization. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I got to ask this question. With that in mind, Same thing with the uh, I don't like the fact. It, I don't like the fact. Me and me in California, I don't like the fact that you like that you drink sugary drinks. I don't like it because I don't feel like what you're doing with your body in Washington State is good for you. So, so should I have any say in what Jesse does with his body? Because I don't think it works out for me and my personal beliefs. And I don't want that to be something that you put in your body. Should I have any say so on what you do with your body? No, you should have no say on what I do with my body. Okay. So so if if, if I have no say so in what you do with your body, if I have no say so at all, and it, I would same question for a female. If there's a female who's overweight, if there's a female that smokes, if she drinks or whatever, whatever. And I say, you know what? I don't like that you use nicotine. I personally don't like it. I don't like how it smells. I don't like any of that. I should be able to stop them from doing what they do with their body. If that is not the case, how are we able to sit here and say, if a person gets pregnant, whether it be per, uh, on purpose or not, how are we able to sit here and say, even though I am not going to take care of your child and I don't want the government to get involved in taking care of your child, you still should have that child. Because it's about the child. You're, you're, you're not making a separation between the woman's body and what, what the baby you, to a high degree of certainty do you will understand be. understand everything that goes into raising a child? Everything. Yes. You yeah. Do. You uh-huh. Really quick, even before that, what, what about what, what Ty said? Like, say, smoke. What if that woman gets pregnant and does drugs, smokes cigarettes, drinks alcohol, drives without a seatbelt? Um, should she be put in prison for child endangerment, for child abuse? Does that does that pregnancy count on the? Do, do those babies count on the on the uh, census before they're born? I mean, I, I don't. I really don't understand what. Um, I mean, if, if she's smoking, should we put her, should we put her in jail? She's, she's making an underage baby smoke. 
I think I think you can get in trouble for stuff like that, can't you? I don't if, think if, so. If you go to DSHS with a drug addiction and you're pregnant or you have a, a baby that's addicted to drugs, I, can't you get in trouble for that? They, they might, but what about just smoking or something that's legal? About, I think Ian's talking about also if you casually smoke. What if you you're fat? What if you're just not what if you're not taking your prenatal vitamins and going to the doctor? I mean, Jesse, Jesse the, the, the issue that Ian's bringing up here is that every miscarriage makes that vagina and uterus a crime scene. Right. So now when that when that babe, when that that pregnancy fails, what you're saying, if you truly want to outlaw all abortion involuntary manslaughter. If there is a miscarriage, that is involuntary manslaughter. That woman can now be investigated. Did she jump on? Uh, did she jump on a trampoline? Did she go out and have drinks? Did she party? Did she trip and fall? If she tripped and fell on something and landed on her stomach and had a miscarriage, but her 16-year-old son left his suitcase in the hallway, which caused her to trip, is he now an accessory to murder? Like, think about the possibilities that opens up that every woman can now be investigated and inspected and forced. The government, what you're advocating advocating (laughs) for is the government forcing a woman to open her legs and have her uterus be a crime scene investigation because of natural causes of a pregnancy failing. She's now under investigation, but you said you were in favor of keeping the government out of our lives. So it sounds like you're in favor of keeping the government out of our lives, but you're totally fine with the government crawling through a woman's uterus. (laughs) No, I I would not be okay with people getting investigated for a miscarriage. That's the same as saying that if someone has a heart attack, that they committed suicide. There's a big difference between natural occurrences and decisions. How do you know it's it's natural without an investigation? How do you know she didn't cause the abortion? There would be a medical record if she's getting it done with a doctor. And that's that's another big separation you guys aren't making is you wouldn't prosecute the women. You would prosecute the doctors who are doing it. The doctors should know better. Doctors know what a baby is. Doctors know when the right, which is starts. which is why which is why the vast majority of them support abortion, because they know the difference between a viable baby and a fertilized egg. That's exactly so, correct. So, you are absolutely so, right. Let's let's go. Let's get a woman's opinion here on what that is. Actually, I want to read Tammy's comment. She says a human embryo is not a human being in in any practical way. Let's put aside abortion and think about how. Let's put aside abortion and think about uh, how many fertilized eggs fail to develop into human beings. An estimated 50% or more of fertilized eggs are naturally lost even before a missed period, abortions or not. Most fertilized eggs do not become human beings um, that's cool. that's January 17th, 2019. I feel like it is not a human being by Darcy Reader. Um, I'm assuming that's another woman. And, 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 and again, here's my thing on this. Just in, in to, to David's point, the fact that we don't have a woman on the show talking about this, you know, maybe we'll visit this topic down the road. I am the I am of the mindset that it's your body. Do what you want to do. it. And the reason why I asked you if you know what what goes into raising a child as opposed to just having a child, just having sex, here we go. Those are two different things. Everything that goes into raising a child, we're talking about psychologically, uh, financially, emotionally, all of these things. If a person creates a child, creates a life, but is unable to take care of it, 
financially, emotionally, uh, and, and mentally, then that person goes on to be a bad human being. So you create a chain of events of people who weren't qualified and should not have been raising children. So, so when people just say, you should just have the baby because you got to think about the life. I remember asking someone who also voted for Trump, by the way, I asked him uh, about the kids in cages. And I said, hey man, um, how is it possible that you support this guy when you, get, you see these kids in these cages? And he said, and actually I can't believe he said it, but he said, well, at least they were alive to experience that. That's bad. Like, well, but yeah, you know what, Ty? Good. Ty, you're you're not you're not taking into account personal responsibility. See, when kids, underage kids, uh, come over to this country with their parents, uh, okay. looking for a better life because of our drug policies and and our uh, imperialistic ways that we've done into the in their country, making it a shitty country, they have to escape and they come to the land of freedom, the land of opportunity, the land of immigrants, the melting pot, and they come here. Uh, those kids should fucking know better and they should have fucking stayed the fuck home and they should have told their parents, hey, no, I'm going to live with Manuel, the drug dealer. You go off to America. That's bullshit. Uh, I'm going to get put in a cage. They should have known better. It's a personal responsibility issue and they're brown. Um, no, I mean, what, what about, I mean, what, what about, uh, yeah, I, I personally think it is personal responsibility. If you can't have a kid, if you're not, but, but, and you get pregnant, you get raped, your condom breaks, you weren't expecting it, whatever the deal, whatever the, the birth control, the 94% effective, that you're that 6%, whatever it is, and you don't want a baby, the, personal, the personally responsible thing to do is go get an abortion before it's a viable human. Yeah, yeah, don't wait to 24 weeks, of course, but if you can yeah. do that in three weeks, do it. That's the responsible thing to do. Um, there's a comment. There, there's a comment here that uh, is directed towards David, and then I kind of want to move to the next. Topic. Yeah, we shouldn't be talking about. I didn't want to talk about abortion. I just, we got way off on this. But that's cool. Real, real quick, I was born at 24 weeks, so so one week prior, I'm not viable. I don't I don't buy that. Okay, talk 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 to the scientific community and talk to doctors about it. I, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. I wonder if that's the case with all Republicans. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, Chuck, Chuck says uh, what David is talking about, what David is talking about was proposed by the Alabama legislature, a legislature with a GOP supermajority. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what they're trying to do in Alabama. And it's, um, you know, I mean, uh, fine, we'll see. But, you know, Alabama is not necessarily a... By the way, Trump Trump was asked, Jesse, I don't know if you saw this. Trump was asked early on, I think even before the 2016 election, if he thought a woman should uh, uh, go to prison for having an abortion. And he said yes. So he was in favor of locking women up for having abortions. And there's also a video out there of him saying that he's very pro-life. I mean, I'm sorry, very pro-choice. I'm sorry, very pro-choice. There's probably videos of him out there performing abortions. Are you kidding me? So, so speaking, um, speaking of uh, pro-life and living and costs to raise and all that stuff, let's talk about the minimum wage. Um, the, 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 the Democrats are still in the process of trying to get this done. As I said before, I am disappointed that they don't use strong-arm tactics that Republicans seem to thrive on um, in getting this passed. But um, there are people out there who oppose the $15 minimum wage. And, are, and, and if I'm wrong in this quote, if I'm wrong in this assessment, let me know. 
uh, uh, let me know, Jesse. Um, among some of the things that people oppose this uh, is the, the idea that people who work minimum wage jobs like McDonald's or, you know, any fast food industry, anything like that, that they will no longer be employed because the companies will fire them because they make too much money to just be flipping burgers. I got that right. Some of them will not be employed anymore. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and what, tell me why you, so you think that I just want to make sure. So you think that the corporations will fire a burger flipper when the national, when they raise the national minimum wage, instead of just saying, Hey, now you're going to make more money to make me more money. They're going to just fire them or make it uh, say something complicated. Like, Hey, now instead of flipping the burgers that way, now you got to do it with one arm blindfolded because I, yeah. or you have to flip twice as many burgers. Okay. Go ahead. Explain to us why, why the minimum wage is, is bad again. Keep going. And then they uh, piggyback off, off, of, off of Jesse, please. You can look at, Oh, sorry. Who's going? No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to, I was going to, I was going to try to clarify the, uh, Maybe so it's not just why is the minimum wage bad? I would say like, do you do you believe in there should be a minimum wage? And then I think this follow-up question would be, do you believe there should be if if yes or if no, how about a maximum wage? And then uh, th then I would like to know know wh why you would say there shouldn't be a minimum or a maximum wage. Uh, I would say no to both. I think if somebody can provide a service to an employer that that employer is willing to pay them to provide the service for, that that should be legal. And I don't think that raising minimum, I don't think that having a non-existent minimum wage is exclusionary to having higher wages. You can still have higher wages without having a minimum wage. Having a minimum wage it makes it illegal for people. I can't, if you raise it to 15, I can't give you a service that's worth $8 an hour. That's illegal now. I can't give you a service that's worth $4 an hour. Right. That's illegal now. And there are people who are in positions where $4 or $8 an hour is a lot better than $0 an hour. The, the goal should be access to the job market. You want as much access to the job market as possible. And when you raise minimum wage, you are limiting the access to the job market. How so? Because the jobs don't go away. I know I own a business. If, if I have to pay somebody $10 an hour or $15 an hour, the job doesn't magically go away. What if you had to pay them $50 an hour? Now, now you're willing to make negotiations on what that person's so, responsibility yeah, so, so look, is. Well, well, well right. Well, what, if I, what if I had to pay them a million dollars an hour? Of course. But the fact is that I'm not have to pay them $50 an hour. What I have to pay them is a wage that is, that is again, to, in 2000. I moved to Los Angeles in 2000. Gas was $1.50 a gallon here in California. My rent was $7.50 a month. Uh, a Burger King Whopper meal was $2.99. Okay, that's the average Whopper value meal was $2.99. 20 years, the minimum wage was $7.85. 20 years later, that apartment is $2,500 a month. Gas is $3 a gallon. The Burger King Happy Meal is $9.50. Everything has gone up two, three, four times but the minimum wage. So if I'm, if I had a gym, what I have now in 2000, my, 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 my fees for my gym probably would have been 75 to hundred dollars a month. Now the minimum gym, gym wage or, or, or fee for someone to come and join my MMA gym is 150, $200 a month, sometimes more. So everything has gone up. So if I'm making that more money and I'm paying that more money then the people who live in the society that are working for me, they should also be 
be being compensated at the same level. So sure, $50 would be insane because we haven't gone up 50 times or 10 times or 50 times, but we have doubled or tripled every other expense, including how much money. If I have 10 clients, I make twice as much as I did 20 years ago. So if I have to pay one of my employees to, to, to do something at my gym, I'm making twice as much as I did 20 years ago, but I'm only required to pay this guy the same amount. So everybody else is getting twice as much. The, the landlord, the business owner, the Burger King, the gas station, everyone's getting twice as much except for the worker. I, I don't understand. I don't understand that. If you started at minimum wage in 2000, when you moved to LA, you would be making a lot more money now, correct? No, not not, no, if they, not necessarily. Not if, they, not if they didn't raise the minimum wage, unless he worked specifically in that job and they promoted him specifically because he stayed with that job. And even that, it, they, there still would be caps on that. Let me get David's take on this, and then I want to go to the screen share to show some of these stats. Go ahead, David. So, I want to say something that that may be a little shocking. I am not necessarily a supporter of the fifteen dollar an hour minimum wage. Uh, because it should be $24 an hour. Um, and the reason why this is such a big fight every year or every 10 years when they do it is because they only try to do it every 10 or so years. And then it's this big jump from $7.25 to 15 And then everyone, including Jesse, is like, oh my God, could you imagine being a business owner and having to suddenly double everyone's pay? Yeah, that's a problem. And I get it. And there will be some job loss. There are financial experts that do say there is some job loss, but it's very, very small. Only 4% of workers in this country, 4% are currently paid minimum wage. It's not the number tied to minimum wage. It's the percentage of what the CEO is making in, in as a gap compared to what the smallest worker is. Jesse, a lot of these bigger companies, you're talking 350 times or 320 times salary difference, meaning uh, where employees are making $15,000 a year, the CEO is making $23.1 million. So what I think this needs to be tied to, first of all, we need to connect it to inflation, as Ian was saying, because in the 50s and 60s, if you were on minimum wage, you could afford an apartment, a car, and it was still only like two third or one third of your income. You had two thirds of your income left for other things once you paid your house and your car payment being right. single. Now, if you live in LA and make minimum wage, even the state's minimum wage, you need to have six roommates or stay with that girl you really don't like. Right. <laughs> we base our relationships off of parking. Like it's insane. So we're not in that position. If minimum wage would have stayed with inflation, it would be $24 an hour right now. So, and to your point about it being illegal for you to offer a service for $8 an hour, that's just not true because there are always exceptions for independent small companies. I'm a small business. I have one independent contractor. I would not be subjected to this minimum wage. If an independent 1099 person wants to come to me and offer a flat rate for a monthly service, I'm allowed to pay them their flat rate. If that flat rate's only $1,000 a month and it works out to where they're only making 
eight ninety an hour because that's the service they offer. It's fine. If someone wants to come paint your house and you say, well, you paint the entire house for two grand and they calculate it up and it means they only make twelve fifty an hour, they're allowed to do that. So it not become illegal to do it. Small independent contractors are going to be excluded from this. But I just think we need to tie this yeah. to CEO salary 100%. ranges. Maybe you can't make more than... 40 times your lowest paid person. Well, that changes it, right? That means if you're making $23 million an hour, or sorry, if you're making $23 million a year, but you're paying people 15 grand a year, which is definitely in poverty. I think anything under 8,000 years considered poverty. Maybe if we shift that down and maybe you only make 11 million a year, and pay people something that they can afford to live on, that's a much better If you're making me 11, if you're making me $12 million a year, and then I, I'm gonna complain that I can't afford to pay you 30,000 a year, like that, that's, that's in, insanity. And people go, well, that guy worked his way to the top. First off, that's usually not even the truth. Usually they were handed the position. But second of all, they're not doing any major work. They're not doing, they're not doing, millions of times more worth of work. It's, it's ridiculous that I mean, we can't have slavery. So there are things you can't do. I can't just go, you know what, if you want to work for free yeah, without, we do have interns and things like that, but there are restrictions and there are, are, are laws that as to, to govern how I can and cannot do that. But we, waitresses and waiters, they, they don't get paid minimum wage because they, we even out the tips. Right. Which, which, you know, I mean, I know some, some places you go, some comedy clubs and the waitresses are like, I make a dollar an hour. I'm like, what the fuck? A dollar? Yeah. An hour? But they make, you know, they make a lot in tips. So uh, and I, I agree with you guys about what you're saying, the disparity between what the CEOs make and what a minimum wage employee makes. That's all very valid. But the fact of the matter is some people will lose their jobs and now they make zero dollars an hour. Okay, that so hold, creates, on, hold on, hold on. Where will those that, jobs go? Hold on, hold on to that, to that point. Two things real quick. They go away. Be, be, no, wait, hold on, hold on. Because you said some people will take $4 over no dollar. Okay. So let's go back really quick. We don't have to stay on it, but I just want to go back really quick to the having a child thing. If you're telling someone they have to have the child because they have to respect the child's life, but you're also telling them, I'm not going to give you $15 because I don't think you should have $15. You need to figure out how to raise that kid off of $4. That's not going to work, Jesse. That, that wouldn't work for a parent. Hold on. That would not work for someone that has two, three kids. As opposed, and then you said, well, those people that have to work three or four jobs just to live, or the, like to David's point, that have to have roommates or have to stay with someone that they don't want to stay with. Once you bring in the, the fact that other people's lives exist, if you're telling me that that CEO has to buy one less Porsche versus this mom not having to work two, because by the way, when she works two or three jobs, she can't be there taking care of her child. She can't be educating her child. She can't be rearing her child. She can't be guiding her child. Same thing for a father. So when you say that these, uh, these people can't afford, these CEOs and these companies can't afford to pay more for a livable wage, because again, to David's point, 24 versus 15, shit, we really should be talking about 20 something, but we're talking about 15. And, and let me read a couple of comments based off of, of that. Um, 
Reggie said, billion dollar companies can afford to pay $15 an hour. How about we bring back slavery and everyone works for free? Exactly. And uh, to David's point, Corey says 15K a year is homeless in California. So when you say, when you say, Jesse, that, you know, some people will lose jobs, I think at some point you're going to go have to go back to the CEO. I mean, we, now mind you, we're not talking about a mom or pop shop like that. We're talking about these corporations. Now, let me bring up the screen share here, just so I can show you a couple things here. Just I'm gonna bring doing up- that as you're doing that. Can I make one quick point to Jesse? Jesse, when you yeah, say pro life, we hear you. We hear pro life. What about the quality? of that life. Yes, exactly. Quality, meaning what about the healthcare of that baby? What about the mother being able to being able to afford childcare? What about the mother being able to be there or the father being able to pay child support and be able to take their kid to Six Flags? Like what about the quality of that life and why is it okay for a CEO to make, and you said you agreed with this, so I get it. The only way to combat that is to come up with some law to say, yeah, we're capitalist, but you can't make 180 times what your lowest person. So let's lock, let's lock in a $15 minimum for now. Let's make a plan for it to go up to 24 or 25 over the next five or six years. And then let's connect it to inflation over time and add to it the stipulation of you can't make more than 100 times your, your lowest paid employee. That's what we need right now to boost the economy. And these billion dollar corporations can definitely afford it, especially when they're not paying taxes. And, and to your point earlier, David, what I do at my gym, if I, if need be, is I just 1099 people and I trade out stuff like my training and things like that. If I can't afford to pay a front right. desk person, uh, I go, Hey man, I'm going to give you uh, 300 bucks a week and I'm going to train you and you're going to get your membership free and you only got to work these hours. And they yeah. go, Cool, I do that. And then it's a 1099 thing. I usually pay them cash. I and and they usually doing it because they want to be at the gym. And right. and I, I yeah, I mean, I'm not McDonald's though. But places like that, you know, people always go, well, they're gonna raise the price of the of the of the Big Mac. They raise it every year anyway. Right. I wanted to get I wanted to get Jesse's comment to what I said real quick. Oh, sorry. I gets into his thing. Uh I, I would just say that the way to fix that disparity, the most effective way is through collective bargaining. It's not through letting the government enforce laws on people indiscriminately that they can't they can't reverse out of. You guys are talking about independent contractors and that's that's a great loophole, but not everybody's in a position to be an independent contractor. If you're a 16-year-old teenager with no experience, you're not going to 1099 anything. You're trying to get a job at Subway or whatever, and there will be less of those jobs if you raise minimum wage. You can still fix the disparity issue without raising minimum wage. It's not no, a mutually exclusive problem. If you don't give citizens a livable wage, it's hard for them to live. No, 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 let, let me tell you something. No one goes out and says, man, I can't wait to have this job at Subway. No one. I, I'll tell you uh, just a really quick story, really quick, because I want to show you these. Uh, you and, guys, I, and I still understand how, how the job at Subway goes away. Subway still needs employees. Look, look, have, you, have you been to a grocery store? The 16-year-old doesn't lady? need to make a living. Have you been to a grocery store with two checkers and everybody going through self-checkout? That's through high wages. They can't that's, afford that's not, that's that's not that's from high wages. That's no, no, no. from corporate that's, greed that's trying to get rid of people. 
That has nothing, nothing to do, to do with, with the wages. Wage. That has to do with that corporation wanting to cut back on what they spend. Now, when they say, hey, we don't want to pay the, 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 the employees, that, then the problem, again, is with the corporation, not with the person that needs the money to live. It's not the best. Well, I would say the problem is partly with the market, too. We, we, as the market, have the ultimate power with our dollar. If you yep. decided I'm not shopping at Walmart or a place that doesn't pay $15 an hour, these companies would react a lot faster. And they're already starting to yeah, they call based that off the rhetoric culture. around 15 huh? They call that cancel culture. Which we'll, we'll anyway, <laughs> Look at this really quick. And, and hopefully you guys can see the screen here. 1929, and, and I'm just, I just pulled up any random thing here. 1929, 21 cents. A gallon of gas. Now, you don't have to look at all the numbers here, but look at how, as I keep scrolling down, the numbers keep going up. The numbers keep going up. All right. Look over here at this chart. There's a, this is the average cost for a studio one, two, three bedroom. The numbers keep going up. There's nowhere on here where the numbers go down. None. So the cost of living goes up in every facet of life. But if I showed you the charts of the money, people still making seven twenty-five an hour. You, you either one, you can barely live off that, or you're living in a neighborhood where you should not be raising children. That is what I'm saying. Chart, uh, yeah, I agree with that. You you shouldn't be raising like your example about a woman weight raising three kids off minimum wage. If that's impossible, you're you're exactly right. That is impossible. That should be a situation that you avoid. And abortion how, how, how is not avoid the fix to that. But what, then what's the fix to it? Make more money. Yes, and that's why we're that? trying to get people to make more money. But that's you can do that. You can make more money without raising minimum wage and excluding people from the job market. So how, how does that... How so why does is that, that not mom, happening now? How does that mom of three, how does she make more money without them raising the minimum wage? How does she do it specifically? Her. Take, take on another job. Take oh, a management oh, position. Oh. Work another job along with the other jobs that she's working, which takes time away from her children that she needs to be raised. Or, or make a higher wage at one job. You, 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 can, make, you can get a raise that, at a job. But you're saying that like it's the easiest thing. Like, oh, you know what? I don't want to bag groceries today. I think I do want to be a CEO at, uh, at my, Macros, my, Mac, Macintosh. It doesn't work that way. If they're not hiring for that person or if that person can't fit that in, it doesn't work. That's not how the real world works. It, there are it, people it, with, with four-year degrees and, and masters that are, that are working regular jobs right now. It's not like just some single mother with no with no uh, education can go get a, a, a managerial position at a pharmaceutical company or something. That's crazy. Like that. I mean, no, no, but if you're, bagging, if you're bagging groceries, you could be trained to be a check person pretty quick. You could you know, move up to a manager at that makes, store pretty sure. quick. You no, know, a check huh? person still makes less money. A check person still makes, if you work at a grocery store, if you're bagging, like I, I worked at a restaurant, I was bussing tables and I think I was making one amount and then uh, I was dishwashing. I'm sorry, I was dishwashing, making a certain amount. Then I moved to bussing tables and I made 20 cents more. So, so like I said. But, but also again, unions, unions are the reason we have grocery stores. Grocery stores make, make money. The reason longshoremen make more money there is because of unions, which if you vote conservative, you vote for Republican, we would never have any, they're completely against unions and organized labor and, and all of that sort of well, stuff. Well, that's, that that's one thing I liked about Trump is he somehow was able to uh, 
resonate with union blue collar type people. It, it wound up bad. He didn't because stick to his promises, but he did resonate with that type of person. Right, but, right, but, but resonating with uneducated people doesn't mean that he's doing anything. I, I, can, I can resonate with, with black people and still be, a, if, if I go out and, and put on a face and like, hey man, I'm for you then, blah, 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 and I do all this stuff and all the black people are like, man, I love this guy, he's great. And, the, and the behind the scenes, I'm a KKK member and I'm passing racist laws. Who gives a shit if I resonate with black people? It's what I'm exactly. doing. It's like, you can resonate, dumb people can go, I like Trump, even though he's fucking you left and right and, and, and doesn't give a shit about the union. Is there, I mean, he is, and why, why he even, I don't even understand how he resonates with people. He is the absolute, and he, he is the poster child of rich, white, elitist, white collar shithead who doesn't give a fuck about the working class. It's so bizarre to me that anybody in the working class likes this guy, but even on top of that, so what if you like him? If he doesn't do anything for you and you vote for him, that's the definition of voting against your self-interest. I, I, you know, I mean. Well, it's a double-sided sword. He also lowered everybody's taxes and blue collar people can see the money that they're keeping out of their did, paycheck. He, he did not lower everybody's taxes. In fact, he ripped my taxes. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not uh, poor, but I'm not rich. Um, my taxes went up greatly since 2017 all he did was he raised he actually raised your taxes if you're if you're a w-2 worker that has like teachers he raised their taxes he raised 1099 people's taxes if i now have to incorporate if i don't incorporate i paid i paid twelve thousand dollars more taxes last year because i'm not a corporation and the year before 2017 because they then they said well he raised the um what they raised they raised the tax bracket down to from 23 to 22 percent but then they got rid of all your write-offs. They got rid of anything that anything under $250,000 a year. I'm not allowed to write off my personal expenses anymore. And you write off a ton of stuff or did write off a ton of I stuff. I used to write off stuff because that's, I'm that's in business for myself. And he, right. So, that's just, yeah. that's, so he raised my taxes. He cut the corporate taxes. He raised my taxes. Exactly. Go ahead, David. Yeah, real quick, Ty, when we're done here, if you wouldn't mind sending me that soundbite of Ian admitting to being in the KKK, that'd be great. I yeah. Mean, <laughs> my show. Um, outside of that, Jesse, I wanted to address something you said. You're right, man. We go to Walmart. We go to these grocery stores. There's two cash, you know, cashiers and 13 lines that are, everybody's backed up. It's, 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 it's a nightmare. Yeah. What's that? It's a nightmare. Going to the store yeah, is, is a nightmare. I, I agree. Go to the bank, same thing. I, I know. It's going to the bank is the same thing. There's one teller, two tellers, all these people waiting. Mm -hmm. Have you taken the time to look up the salaries of the CEOs of Walmart, of Bank of America, of Wells Fargo? I can tell you just from Walmart alone, that CEO in 2019, his total compensation was $22 million. But they pay the vast majority of their employees minimum wage financial experts have said flat out a living wage in the united states is sixty-eight thousand dollars a year a living wage that's over a little over what 16 seven maybe close to night somewhere between 16 to 19 dollars an hour i haven't done the math but you're talking about from anywhere from 16 to 19 dollars an hour almost 70 grand a year is living but they are paying people 725 an hour 850 an hour nine or ten dollars an hour and then what's happening there is not only is the ceo getting 22 million but the walton family 
is literally the richest family on the planet. They have a total net worth of $247 billion with the youngest one worth like $56 billion. And he's the brokest Walton family member. $56 billion. <laughs> it's not an issue of Susan, the cashier, doubling her salary or doubling her hourly rate. They can afford it. If they start just firing all cashiers because they want to be worth $56 billion instead of worth $29 billion. Exactly. That's, that's the insanity of this type of conversation. You are advocating against your own interests because those those giant corporations, they have enough to cover the distance without firing people. Well, actually, all that much money on their end. Actually, Jesse is not arguing against his personal own interests because he doesn't make minimum wage. He actually makes good money. He, he, he is arguing against other people's interests. So when we when we look at this, we have to look at it through the proper lens. And and I, I wrote this some t- I wrote a comment about this, and I said because someone said uh, and they came on. Uh, I don't know if he was a fellow longshoreman. He said our uh, our wages are, are relevant to the conversation. I said no, they're not because if I make a lot of money or if I make a good living. And I come on and I tell you, hey, David, come on, man. Do you really need to make more money? Come on, Jesse. Do you really need to Ian, Do you really need to make more money? If I did that, but I'm, I'm fine, then that's the issue. But if someone is now, I could see if Jesse was making minimum wage. If you're making minimum wage and you're like, no, I, I think I'm cool here. I, I think I can deal with this and, and, and I'm fine. But you're not doing that. You're arguing against the mom, the dad, the the, the family that that needs that extra money. And Ty, that, Ty, and Ty, even if he did make minimum wage and was advocating for it, somebody's supporting him. Yeah, somebody. Exactly. And and here's and and here's the here's the, the the kicker: these people who work at Walmart, despite billions going in profit, a lot of them are on welfare. They're on welfare. How, when they crazy. get sick, when they get sick and they have to go to the hospital, they get COVID or they get something, and they there's no way in hell they could afford even the copay if they had insurance, but they don't have insurance because because Walmart keeps them below their hours and they don't provide insurance to a lot of their people. So the people just go to the local county hospital. Jesse, who do you think pays for that? We the government. We the government. The, well, government the government pays for it, which we, leads us. to more inflation. Yeah, we pay for it. Leads to more inflation. Right. So, so shouldn't the free market, the free market, should be? T- we always talk about the free market. Why are the taxpayers having to pay for for outrageous ER healthcare bills when we could we could negotiate for healthcare for the country like they get? Why are we paying these guys wages and, and welfare when the Walton family? It, it has the money to do it, and they're the ones that are making money off it. Like that's insane to me. That's like me saying, "Hey guys, um, I'm going to make a shit ton of money, and um, David, I want you to do all the work around my house um, and do all the work for me. I'm going to take all the money. I'm going to pay you a little bit, David, and Ty and, and Jesse. I want you guys to also give David some money um, because I don't want to give money. You guys, go, what, what do we have to do with? What do we have to do with David? Well, he's working for me, and I can't afford to pay him. Why can't you afford to pay him? I just don't want to. So I want. So you guys have to pay his wages because I don't want to pay a living wage, and that's the free market. Like that, 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 that doesn't make sense to me. That, that's just that's crazy. Why? Why? why I, I don't know. Go ahead. Well, a couple of things. Fifty percent of minimum wage workers 
are not the primary earner in their house. So when you characterize it as a person providing yeah, for their family, because they can't, meeting, it's impossible uh, it, because they can't be, or because they're not, because they're they're not the primary well, earner. They they're a teenager. Doesn't matter because they can't. Is and 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 I, and I think part of it, dude, is when when you. Let me tell you this really quick because I did want to. We I wanted to make sure we touched on, touched on Dr. Seuss really quick. But let me tell you something really quick. When I was in the military, um, I was like I don't know, twenty one years old or something like that. Uh, you know, my I think I had my youngest was my youngest born. Yes, my youngest had just been born. Uh, but I was in the military, you know, so technically I should be able to make a living. I'm getting paid by the military. But I had to take a second job. So I took a job at Jack in the Box, right? Now, I didn't even look to see what the pay was for Jack in the Box. I just said, okay, this is just going to be extra money. I'll pay off some bills really quick. I'll work about a few months. So I worked, I would say, a good mm, 25, 30 hours. I was able to do it, you know, because I was in another state and all that stuff. So I was able to kind of get the hours in. I was young, so I didn't really need much sleep. So I did all of that. And I'm thinking that this first check is going to be pretty nice because I worked some decent hours. I looked at that check and honestly thought it was for one week. That's how low it was. And I was like, wait, what is this? It's like, oh, yeah, that's what we paid. And then I looked over and saw what the minimum wage was. And I was like, what? How? And, but there were people who were working at Jack in the Box and that was their main job. I had other income that was my main income. And I'm, I was like, there's no way in the world. I would be able to take care of my kid or myself with just this. So if the if the minimum wage is only going up a few dollars in certain areas, and that was by the way, that was 20 years ago. So so if if, if nothing has changed that much, so for you to say, well, 50% of these people aren't the main earner, it's because they cannot be. This is why they need more, more money. This is why they need I don't even I know disagree that's correct, with the stat that if, if 50 percent of minimum wage employees are not the primary earner, that means there is a primary earner in their household who makes more than them. It, it doesn't mean there's not a primary earner. If, you, if you're the primary earner and your only job is minimum wage, you're still the primary earner. But, no, but first of all, I, I don't I don't know that that I'd like to see where you got the stat that it's 50 percent. But first of all, second of all, a lot of that when you're dealing with people who are who are who are you know, young people, there is no primary earner. If, if, if I have, if I have four roommates, it's, there's, they, they, that stat is, is obsolete because there is no primary earner in my household. If me, Ty and Dave all live together um, and we all rent a room or we share rooms or whatever, we're not a family. Um, and, and even if, even if I, I mean, yeah, so there might be teenagers, but even if I'm, my wife makes more than me and I work and, and she, yes, she becomes the primary because she makes more than me. Exactly. But it's like, that doesn't change the fact that it has nothing to do with why, why we should or shouldn't have a minimum wage just because people who, yeah, because you can't be the primary earner making minimum wage. It is literally impossible. And if I'm a, a, an individual, there is no primary earner. I rent a bedroom in somebody's house. Like, right. I mean, the, the, only, the only way to not be the primary earner is for the other person to be unemployed. <laughs> if, that, that's what I'm saying, though. If, if if you are the only person in your household 
and you're making minimum wage, you're the primary earner in your household. If you're not the primary earner in your household and you're making minimum wage, that means there's somebody else in your household who earns more than you and is the primary earner. That, that stat symbolizes that, that everybody working minimum wage is not supporting a family and going to college. It's an entry-level job. You have to start in the job market somewhere. Ty had an example about working in a restaurant. That's how I started working. I got a job as a 16-year-old for minimum wage. I made minimum wage for one year because I got a raise after a year. I took on some responsibilities, learned how to cook, learned how to wait tables. And for eight years, I worked in restaurants. I never made minimum wage again. And the argument that I make a high wage, so therefore I should be for higher minimum wages, that that doesn't stack up, that I want more people to get jobs. But you saying that people who still make minimum wage and the people who don't make the money that you make shouldn't get more money even though they're doing the labor is the problem. Steven, you're putting, you're putting words in my mouth. And when you see stats, like, like, let me read a, a comment here, a couple comments here. First of all, uh, taxes, please factor in taxes. Thank you, Vince. That's from Vince. Derek, uh, Derek says, uh, I know a, a store manager who shares a four bedroom house with roommates. That's in San Diego. That's a store manager. You don't get much higher than the store manager and he still has to share a, 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 a dwelling with four other, three other adults. So, so it's not as cut and dry as that. You know what I'm saying? And, and again, to, to Ian's point, when the Waltons have the money and you see it, you see they have the money and they're just like, you know what? Instead of paying you guys more, let's have less checkers. And the, uh, and then the other thing here, someone says, oh, um, this is a uh, uh, Chuck says uh, when. Oh, who said that? Yeah, said when. Oh, yeah. Chuck says Walmart managers tell employee tell new employees to apply for SNAP. Yeah, that's true. So now, now, now tell me why that would be the case, Jesse, if these people make billions and they're telling their new employees who are helping make billions to go apply for assistance when they I, I agree I agree that that is that is bad that's not a good thing where the CEO makes 22 billion dollars and the the minimum wage employees make seven dollars an hour and have to apply for snap benefits that is not good okay I think the way to fix that would be for collective bargaining you don't you don't need a 15 dollar minimum wage to collective bargain and then, and then you'd see more living wages at places like Walmart because seniority and longevity of your career would be respected. Are you saying everyone should unionize? A, a place like Walmart definitely should. They, they, they have the payroll to, to, to bankroll a union <clears throat> operation. They, so they have, point, Walmart should 100% be a union outfit. So, so to your point, um, when you talked about starting at minimum wage and then getting a raise... You know, the average raise is about 3%, right? Well, if you're at $7.25 an hour, 3% is what? Like 21 cents? So you go from $7.25 an hour to $7.46 an hour. Yes. Now you're, and now you're no longer making minimum wage, yet you are still below the poverty line by a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, that goes back to your stat, a living wage being $68,000. That comes out to $34 an hour if you're working $2,000. 2 thousand hours a year 2 thousand hours a year times 34 dollars an hour is sixty eight thousand dollars well, let me so let me, that's what the let, minimum let living wage would be 34 bucks what, what, an what hour. is it somebody wants to know what you mean what collective bargaining means 
what collective bargaining means. Yeah. The, the workers at Walmart and these corporate, the, one, one part of this discussion we're not separating is these corporations can't afford to pay $15 an hour. If you go get a job at Walmart, you probably should be making $15 an hour because like you said, you guys said, the billions of dollars that Walmart makes is baked into the cake. But collective bargaining would require the employees at Walmart to strike or threaten to strike in, in the name of wanting all these things. We want health insurance. We want higher wages. We want uh, seniority to be respected. If I work here for 15 years, I want to be making this amount of money at the end of that 15 years. Th that comes down to the employees. They have to, they have to do that on their own and the market has to support them. What one major part of this equation that has been lost is market support for union jobs. It doesn't exist right, anymore. But again, and but see so again, so so what you're so what he's saying, everybody, is vote Democrat. Because <laughs> yeah, I, because because the unions have constantly been supported by the left and constantly been trying to be to be shut down by the right. I mean, that's that's like the I would say that's top three next to abortion uh, between the pro-life and the pro-death death penalty, which is obviously another fucking weird one. Um, like, I would say that's got to be top three, top five difference between Democrats and Republicans is whether or not you are for workers and unions. I mean, that, that's like... Yeah, I think that's a domino that's changing. I, I think that Republicans are trying to make a push towards, you know, the quote unquote blue collar working man. Where do because like not your in policy, they're not. said... I, th huh? I think in culture, in culture they are, but not in policy. Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree with that. Yeah, it's kind of like that when you said earlier that Trump appeals to blue collar by coming out and saying, "I'm bringing steel jobs, I'm, I'm bringing uh, coal jobs back," and it doesn't happen, uh, or, or you know, or says, "Well, hey, you know, I'm going to make sure that you guys get this money this way," and it turns out he gives it to the people who already have the money. And so Ty, that, that's oh, sorry, that's a real, before you move on, Ty. The coal jobs thing is a great a great example. That's people not educated. So, is going because they are and they should. But what the left is proposing is re for free training those people to do different types of energy jobs, green jobs, things like that, that are better for the environment that will pay more money. So. And and they're fighting it because they're being told we're gonna that the the left is gonna take your coal job away and not give you anything else. And the left is over here screaming, we're gonna give you a higher paying, better job that doesn't give you black lung. So if anything is for the worker, but the workers are like, they're for me because they're saying they're not gonna take my coal job away. Your coal job's going away, buddy. It's going away. We it has to go away. We're gonna give you a fucking better job that's better for your health and healthcare. Like how that's not pro worker, I don't understand. But the problem is that it's, it's rhetoric that's just being put out there. That, 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 that to me, it's like that. That is the exact problem. What you mentioned, Ty. Like I, I really feel like that. I mean, where, where is you know that's where that's where the 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 culture is being lost on the left and one on the right, but the policy isn't. And it's like you need people need to be educated about the policies. Exactly. Yeah, I think you're right. I want to just make one quick correction. The the stat that I glanced up at during the conversation, the sixty eight thousand a year is for a family of four, but 
only two working adults. So the numbers still wash out. Um, two working adults also having to support two children who obviously don't work is 68000 a year as a living wage, which breaks out to $16.54 an hour per adult. Yeah. Single person living by yourself, sixteen fifty four an hour is a living wage, which yeah. means anything below $16 an hour is going to be in poverty, meaning you are living below the rate of being able to support yourself. Exactly. You're not just going to die. It means someone else is having to support you, either a family member or <clears throat> you're renting a room from someone who's subsidizing your bills or you're getting food from someone or your health care is taken care of by someone else. Advocating, it's it. The money is there, like like Ian's been saying. The money is there, the bubble is there, and we're gonna keep living and thriving together. It's the matter of, like Republicans typically say, we want you to pull yourself up by your bootstraps, right? And as MLK said, how do you say that to a man with no boots? Like, how, how does that even make sense? So we are actually advocating somewhat of a conservative position that we want people to be able to take care of themselves. Pay your own health care even for right now, just for right now. Pay your own bills, make, make your own living wage. And we're advocating that, but we're saying we, we want you to be able to, but the way capitalism has shifted in this country... This this collective bargaining sounds like a good idea, but how do you start collective bargaining when you're working 60 hours a week and still behind on bills? Who starts the union? Who who goes out and begins advocating for that when, when you can't even keep your lights on or you can't pay your internet bill because you're making $11 an hour supporting your child and having to pay child support from the other family that you were a part of? Like This is just not reality. We want people to be able to afford it, and be, the companies have proven time and time again they will not do the right thing unless they are forced. So let's put a minimum in there higher. Let's attach it to inflation over time and add to it that stipulation that they can't make 100 times more. I honestly think that's the best way to move forward. You can't just say, go unionize, poor people. That's not that's not it, enough. It, that's why I'm saying it is not that simple. Listen, because we have to get this other topic in before we go. And I, I know so, so I know we started late, but we got to get this topic in. I, I, I want to respond to that real quick, if I can. Go ahead, go ahead. Okay, so using the analogy of how do you say that to somebody who doesn't have a pair of boots, I agree with that. But getting that first shitty pair of boots is harder if there are less jobs. At some point, the bottom person on the rung of the ladder has to get access into the job market. There won't you, be. You guys are sacrificing some of that in order in, in favor of the living wage. And I'm saying you can still make a living wage without instituting of a high minimum wage that excludes people from getting entry into the job market. If somebody like, doesn't like have said, a pair of boots, they on. have to get the shittiest pair of boots they can. Right. But like Ian said, if Subway needs two people to stand there and make sandwiches, what are they going to do? Are they going to fire someone and, and then have customer complaints? And, and, and really, and also to that, if they can have a robot make your sandwich, they're going to do it if, if, whether they're paying you $2 an hour. We already have robot making. Or $50 an hour. But you're, in, you're incentivizing that by raising the minimum wage. We're, we're incentivizing people not being in poverty. Yes. And, 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 and you, can, you can still not be in poverty without the minimum wage being $15 an hour. But, but, but Jesse, when you say that, you're saying it like there's a magic wand to do this. I am telling if you look in Los Angeles, just Los Angeles alone, the fact that people have to double, triple, quadruple jobs and roommates, 
That alone should tell you that it's not as simple as, hey, you know what? You know what it reminds me of when you say that sometimes? It reminds me of when I tell people I'm in entertainment and they say, oh, well, why don't you go be on this show or go do this movie? Why don't we we incentivize, we incentivize these big corporations to, to cut and do all these other things. We incentivize them by giving them corporate tax breaks so that they can buy back their own stock and fuck their employees. Why don't we incentivize them by giving them tax breaks when they hire people and not fire people, when they pay a, a livable wage? If we go, you have to pay $15 an hour minimum wage, if you cut your employees, you get tax bet, you get a penalty. If you keep your employees or add more employees, you get a tax benefit. Why don't we incentivize the billionaires and quit making the little guy have to do all the work and carry all the burden? It's this weird idea that it's like, like I hear it all the time where people go, well, look, if, if we give everybody McDonald's a wage, McDonald's is gonna raise the price of my hamburger. Fuck you, little guy, for wanting more money. So fuck you, McDonald's, for raising the price of my goddamn hamburger. We should be punishing McDonald's, not punishing the fucking guy that works at the drive-thru. Exactly. All right, we got to let's get this last topic again real quick and then we got to wrap it up. Uh, thank you for being patient, Paul, by the way. Um, Dr. Seuss. Um, <laughs> Dr. By the way, the, the, the ultimate cancel culture is the ultimate free market. Yes, yes. Is, uh, is that what the free market is? I've never about heard the free that market. Take, now we call it cancel right. culture. <laughs> yeah, I think you're. I think you're right in a demented type of way. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it's always been this way. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to screen share here real quick. So apparently, Dr. Seuss, um, his own publication company, his own publication company has pulled six books. Uh, they have pulled, and to think that I saw it on Mulberry Street, if I ran a zoo, uh, McElliott's, I don't know how to pull, uh, uh, on, beyond, on Beyond Zebra, Scrambled Egg Super, and The Cat's Quizzer. These are the six books that were pulled. Now, apparently, Ted Cruz and a bunch of other Republicans uh, are feigning outrage at this. Uh, I think to kind of take away from the, their real fuck up of letting people freeze to death in Texas and all that, but that's a whole nother hour. So um, I asked a couple people like one, what, do you agree with this? So let me start with Jesse. And if you can see here, by the way, these are, this was in If I Had a Zoo. You know, these, these are some of the images here that Dr. Seuss, that, that they're pulling, so. And, and by, by the way, the, the, the words, the, what, I forgot his name off the top of my head, the, guy, the doc, actual Dr. Seuss uh, author. Apparently he was, he was, he had distanced himself from these a long time ago, like before he died. He had dis- distanced himself from these um, right. a while ago. But, so but be, yeah, at, no one's canceling it, by the way. Like you said, no, Ty, no, the publisher did it, and then but Fox News and the right, and they're not burning the books, they're not banning the books, they're just they, not they printing anymore. And they, and they needed a distraction from all the stuff here. So let me get some thoughts here on: uh, Do you think that these things, these books, should be canceled? And if you agree, why? And if you disagree, why? Anyone can start with. Okay, so first off, I'll say. Uh, they're not being canceled. So I, I think I think if the publisher decides not to print something, um, the publisher has every right not to print something. I, I think people things go in and out of print all the time. Um, I think if they decide that this is a bad look and they don't want to print it anymore, I, I think absolutely. If, if I write a book and I take it to Simon & Schuster and they say we don't want to publish it, uh, they're under no obligation to publish my fucking book. 
if they if they run my book and then pe people get a backlash and people go, we hate Ian's book, and they decide not to print it anymore, that's totally their right. If somebody else wants to pick it up, um, that's fine. If the if the estate says, hey, we don't like these anymore, um, and we wanted to pull them, no problem pulling them. Um, and also, I think that they're still out there. Uh, somebody said to me, why don't we use it as a learning experience? And teachers can show this and show why we've moved on. I think that's great. If you're a, a, a kindergarten teacher and you want to, show, or a fifth grade teacher or fourth grade, and you want to show this and go, this is why we're not publishing these anymore because these racist pictures or these racist words or these words that we deem not cool anymore. And here's the the new stuff that we do and show that to kids. I have no problem with that, but but I don't think any of that has to do with the publisher deciding not to print it. Also. The only one of these I even know is the Mulberry Street. I don't even remember. I, I think maybe the zoo one. I kind of remember. It's not green eggs and ham. Uh, I think I forgot to put the one on there where uh, uh, Horton has a hood. I forgot that one. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. I'd love to know what Jesse thinks about this. I'm going to wait until I see. Go ahead, Jesse. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of swept up in this. I, I haven't looked into any, I hadn't seen any of these pictures or any of that stuff. And I think Ian's right. It's not, it's not uh, somebody getting fired for a video on Twitter. It's a, it's a publisher pulling these books. My question is, I mean, are people not able to, to, decide the degree of nuance in this that that this is from a different time and age and that that you know the, if these books came out today these cartoons wouldn't look this way that 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 does that not translate to people um do you all right let me let me address that and then david i uh, want to get your take i i think when people say that we know what history is it's a difference between knowing what history is and saying okay let's Let's sweep that to where it was, as opposed to saying, because it's not like racism is gone. Now, if racism was gone and everything was kumbaya, I don't know, maybe I would have a different perspective and say, oh, yeah, that was a different time when, you know, whatever. But we still have the clan. We still have, as a matter of fact, the sales of these books, the ones that they, they took off, shot up because racists said, you know what, fuck that. I want to go get these racist books. So to me, when you see this imagery, if, if they're not taking that imagery away and racism is happening, no, it's not a nuance to it. It's like, yo, you know what? We need to get rid of the stereotype of the, the, the super dark skin and the big lips and, and the buck eyes and all that. That stuff needs, it definitely doesn't need to be in children's books because we, as we see, as we saw on January 6th, and as we continue to see now with Proud Boys and stuff like that, Racism is still very prevalent with adults who have kids who they teach it to. So the, the nuance is that's it, not going to happen here. So I, I applaud them for, for getting rid of these because apparently we don't have enough adults. Uh, I mean, I, I shouldn't say that. Apparently we still have adults that believe in being racist. That's why they went out and bought these books as soon as they were taken. And, and also no, no one... No one's saying to can to to cancel them. No one's saying to get rid of them. Dave, you were going to say something. I'm positive. So I agree with 99 percent everything you just said, Ty. The one thing I part with you on is I don't think it was a bunch of racists that went out and bought them. I think it was collectors because once something is out of production and 
pulled from the shelves, the right. value skyrockets. So to yeah, me, it's probably someone's retirement plan, uh, you know, in their thirties, they're already collecting a bunch of kids books. They know these things are somewhat valuable. When Dr. Seuss makes the announcement that they're no longer going to be available, that makes something expect. Like, I don't know if you guys ever watch like American pickers and stuff like that on the history yeah. channel, but when there are people who collect Nazi memorabilia because yeah. it's illegal in a lot of places. So there are Americans. You should, you should see all the hoods I have, David. Yo. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't think it counts as a, uh, I don't think it counts as collecting when you still wear them, Ian. Uh, <laughs> I saw you at the dry cleaner the other day. Come on. Hey, my, my arm was in a cast. Okay. Oh, so, no, I, I really do. I, I think it's about collectors. Cause I, I tell you, my first thought was, I wonder if I have any of those books and how much they're going to be worth now. Right. Um, and of course I didn't, uh, but th look, the idea here. And, and I, I, you know, it's important. I, I'm, it's very nice of you, Ty, that you showed Jesse the images first and then let Ian say it, then asked him what he liked. Because I think a lot of people would have played, so, so tell us why these books are okay, let him give some standard conservative argument, and then screen share and show him all the craziness. <laughs> and it was nice of you to not have a gotcha moment. I don't know if I would have been that good. But uh, I, I, well, I, I commend you for that. I, I did, I did in, in all fairness, I did ask him before we talked about it. I said, do you think the book should be canceled? And he said, no. And I think yeah. now he's rethinking something because he now sees the images. And Go kudos ahead. to him, not only for being able to change his mind when he's presented with new information, but for coming on here and taking this beating from three people. <laughs> <laughs> you know, though, I, I would say That's he's great. Like, but let me let me just say real quick about the Dr. Seuss thing. Their mission statement and anybody who runs a business or operates a business has to stay on your mission statement or you yeah. lose focus. Their mission statement is supporting all children and families with messages of hope, inspiration, inclusion and friendship and they looked back through their catalog and said you know what these books don't really fit in line with inclusion and supporting all children they are supporting old racist imagery of black folks and we don't we don't want young black children to look at our books and to feel a certain type of way so we need to progress beyond this we need to move on and in one correction for you they actually are banning the books they they themselves are pulling them from being sold they're not going to allow sure. them I, I, I just meant like just stop I, I printing of it. They right. stopped the selling of it, but it's that company making that decision, and they should be applauded for that. This is huge. This is right. But I'm I'm saying like there's no there's nobody burning them. The libraries aren't gathering. It, it's it's not like it's not like other places in history or 1984 where they're coming and rounding up uh, pro provocative books or uh, you know I'm saying it's um, they're not banning them from all schools necessarily. Maybe they will at some point, but not not like they tried to do with Catcher in the Rye and things like that. Um, but, but I also think that I, my thing that's the, what I find funny is that all the people that complain about cancel culture are always the same people. Like, I mean, who, who, if, what if Meryl Streep says something at the Oscars, they're going to not see her movies and fuck Meryl Streep. And if, if Colin Kaepernick takes the knee, they're going to burn Nikes. They're going to take their shoes off and burn them and they're not going to buy Nikes anymore. But if, the Dr. Seuss company decides not to print something anymore. It's a fucking outrage. And, and then anytime you say, Hey, let the market, let the free market decide, let the free market decide. They say that over and over, let the free market decide. You go, I want healthcare. They go, well, we can't just give it to people. Let the free market decide how much it's worth. All of this, let the free market decide how much it's worth. And then people go, you know what? I don't want to buy these, these books or I don't like that comedian. So I'm not going to pay tickets to watch his show or Netflix goes, you know what? 
we don't want to air his special because we think it's bad business. And then they go, oh, it's cancel culture. It's like, motherfucker, you were just saying, let the free market decide. You were just saying, let's burn our Nikes. You were just saying, fuck Meryl Streep, don't go to her movies. And now if Netflix says we're not going to have Louis C.K. on, it's the end of the goddamn world. It's fucking ridiculous. Hey, look, look, Snowflake's going to snowflake. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you guys, listen. um, Hey, let me say this really quick. Uh, and then I'll let Ian close it out. Uh, I want to thank both of our guests. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, I'll, I'll, let me thank the, the people who tuned in first, by the way. Let me do that first. Tammy, J.E., Derek, Chuck, Reggie, uh, Brandon, uh, Vince, uh, we, J- yeah, I said J.R., Danny, um, we got it. Lamont was here for a hot second. Uh, we got we had a bunch of people here. I'm sorry, um, we didn't get everybody's want, comments and questions. I know it was a bunch of comments today. Thank you for everybody doing that. And let me extend a very special thank you to uh, to Jesse for coming on to the show. I appreciate you doing this, bro, um, and, and and sticking around and it not getting hostile because we had another Trump supporter. That was great. Fantastic. I, I think you guys are on the right track. I think the answer to people coming together is through sharing facts, sticking to the facts and, and having an honest conversation. I don't, you don't see this in the media. Like yeah. you, you really don't see people exactly. having real conversations. Every- exactly. And that's, that's what we wanted to do. And, and I want to uh, thank also our returning guest, Mr. David Smalley. Thank you so much, bro, uh, for coming on the show and, and uh, blessing us with your presence again. Yeah. And you can check out David. David, tell them where they can find you. Everything is David C. Smalley. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and my podcast. It's all called David C. Smalley. And and and, and um, David, congrats. You just had a like your success. You just got on on a got a, a co-star on a on a Nickelodeon show. David's starting to do some more acting. Um, so check him out. He's he's doing doing uh, commercials and voiceover, and he's getting out there a lot more. His podcast is great. I used to uh, back in the old day, the old iteration. I used to go in and do uh, do a little guest guest hosting on it sometimes with him. Um, and it is a f- really great. I'd love to see Jesse. I'd love to see you on there. It would. It's he. Dave's really good at interviewing people and really good at debating respectfully and and getting to the bottom of stuff. So be sure to tune in to Dave's uh, podcast. If you don't already, um, Jesse, where do people find you? Got, you got shows coming oh, up. Yeah, this, this is where my career failure comes, comes <laughs> into full focus. Uh, my website, jessewyrick.com, W-E-Y-R-I-C-K. But uh, I'm, I'm not in this for any followers or anything like that. Oh, I, I, uh, if, if I had a comedy career to promote, I would promote it right now. But <laughs> Well, we well, appreciate you coming on. You can find out uh, facebook.com slash critical and thinking. Uh, we record this. Every every Friday at noon, live on Facebook, and then we upload the podcast that following Monday on all your podcast uh, purveyors, uh, iTunes and Google Play and all that sort of stuff. But if you want to watch it live and see us, Facebook.com slash critical and thinking every Friday noon Pacific. And um, we, uh, yeah, we do have Patreon, Patreon.com slash critical and thinking. We will be more and more... Uh, busy with that in in this coming year. Um, we have not done as much as we wanted to, but uh, you can find me. I'm easy to find. I'm I'm the other bald white guy on the show today. Uh, Ian Harris uh, at Comedioker pretty much everywhere. Ty, you can find him at Comedian Ty Barnett, and all the links to all of his stuff are on there. All of his uh, 
jeez, uh, websites and all the, all the so- social media. It's all there. has all, all that stuff there. And we're looking. We got. I think in a couple of weeks we got David McAfee coming on. We're, I'm trying to get um um uh Jamie Jamie uh, Raskin. I'm trying to get to come on. I don't know if he will or not, but the uh, impeachment manager Jamie Raskin. I'm hoping he can come on soon. And uh, uh, we've got some pretty good guests coming up in the future. Um, and that's pretty much it. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thank you guys. Critical and Thinking Podcast. Ty Barnett. Ian Harris. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Jesse. See you. Peace.